Yo, what up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 195. And today we're here with my guy, E-Man, from New Age Performance. E-Man, what's up, bro? What's up, man? Not much, man. Glad to have you here. Yeah, uh, I've been watching the podcast, and it's a lot of good stuff. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. You know what's crazy, dude, is uh, we've known each other forever, you know, since going to to the meets. (laughs) Yeah. And um, I'll always have somebody that stops by the shop and I'm like, oh, yeah, the E-Man shops around here. I'm like, wait, how do you know E-Man, you (laughs) know? And it's just you never really know how much um, like somebody is able to touch other people until you start hearing their name like outside of your circle. Yeah. You know, and that's uh, that's definitely where you fit in. Yeah. Um, I actually heard uh, your name pop up when we did a podcast with uh, Mike G. Yeah. Um, Mike G was talking about it because he has like, a, I think it's a 10th gen. Yeah, he has a 10th gen. And we've been talking back and forth. Uh, he was interested in getting the, the clutches that we offer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, before we get any further, can you just give us a quick breakdown of uh, who you are and what you do? Yeah, so... My name's Emmanuel Borsiaga, and I go by E-Man, and um, I kind of like a jack-of-all-trades of Hondas, uh, mainly the newer ones, and um, yeah, currently we're just, uh, we're just making parts and, and you know, doing, doing big builds, not really, yeah. you know, doing all the, the little bolt-ons and stuff like that anymore. We kind yeah. of just focus on the big stuff now. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, you say jack of all trades, and that is definitely true because you're the one that hooked up the M4 for us. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of experience with uh, the BMWs as well. Oh, really? Yeah, I had a little period where I was I was working on a lot of BMWs. It was when the N54 first came out. We were, gotcha. we were experimenting. We were putting nitrous, meth, all that stuff on those cars. Now, the N54 was from <clears throat> what, uh, what chassis was that? Uh... I, it was from it was when the 335 was introduced got you got you yeah and then and then they put it in the smaller car the the 130i i think yeah. oh shit that's right yeah, or 135 I got yeah. you got you yeah. would you uh what did you figure out about that motor that uh, well, setup? well the market with uh with those cars there wasn't really any uh type of tuning other than the the juice box stuff and got you i mean we really couldn't do much other than just literally add boost nitrous and and I mean, for the most part, it worked. I mean, the, the cars were quick. They were yeah. running low 11s, you know. Back then, that was like, that was pretty crazy. How long ago back was that? Uh, 2009. Oh, shit. Yeah, 2009, 2010. Wow. Around that area, yeah. Dope, man. So let's get into it, bro. How'd you even get into uh, working on cars? Uh, the, um, I was always, I mean, into cars as, as a kid. Um... I grew up watching a lot of uh, racing, um, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, Formula One, actually. Really? Yeah. Um, I remember we would get uh, like access to those uh, channels, mm-hmm. like like from Europe. Oh, and, gotcha. And I would be watching the stuff, and like my uh, uncles and aunts would be like, "What are you watching? Like, yeah. Why do they talk weird? You know? <laughs> I, I don't know. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and then from there, I mean, I just uh, I would always you know, go to my neighbor's house and he'd be working on stuff outside and yeah. I'd just be like, you know, curious and, you know. So what kind of cars was he working on? Uh, he was working on just whatever he owned was mainly like a, like Nissans and like he, he had a Chevy truck and I would just help him with whatever. And then he started working on, on some Hondas that he had and, you know, he kind of molded me like to how 
I should work. Yeah. Kind of gave me like a, I guess, um, you know, instead of learning everything yourself, he kind of like pushed me towards like, you know, you got to do things this way and then that way, you know. Like more structured? Yeah, more structured because he was an, uh, an actual certified mechanic. So. Got you, got you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, most of the stuff that I did was uh, breaking stuff and then just, you yeah, know. Yeah, then figuring out <laughs> after, figuring okay, out. this is what I did wrong. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. But when I see people work, you know, even mm -hmm. such as yourself, dude, it, it, it's more uh, systematic yeah. than it would be with me. <laughs> and that's, a, yeah. I, I bet that's probably the best way to learn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's just, you know, from the get go, you kind of just don't deal with the with the bad habits, I guess. Bad habits, no, yeah. definitely, man. Um, like not torquing stuff. That's kind of oh, torquing stuff is a big one. Yeah, <laughs> that's one of my bad habits. Yeah, like it feels tight enough. It's not gonna come off. Yeah. So, um, your first love was like F one cars. Oh well, yeah, I mean that's what I uh, grew up watching, and then obviously with the you know the import racing stuff in the, yeah. in the late nineties, I started watching that stuff. Got big into into the drag racing. And yeah. Yeah. Just, so, so the F one stuff was there somebody that that introduced you to it, or has just caught your eye? Um, no, I just, uh, I don't know. I just kind of just liked liked how it was. Yeah. The, the politics. Um, I mean, keep in mind, I was probably like, I don't know, maybe twelve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So I didn't really understand everything that was going on, but there were a lot of you know that types, and and also Honda in the nineties was really like like here in the states not known for anything like yeah. like racing wise yeah. you know and you know they were an engine supplier mm -hmm. um in the early 90s yeah yeah so it, every time you saw like in the late 90s when you saw cars like with the powered by honda sticker uh -huh. that came from f1 because they had the powered by honda oh, on shit. on their f1 cars yeah really that's where that came from Oh wow! Yeah, so like the the, the windshield banners. <laughs> yeah, the windshield. The the thing that actually says "powered by Honda." And yeah, had the little emblem. Yeah, that came from uh, I think like a McLaren. Yeah, the older McLarens. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah. You know what's crazy is there's so many um, so many different aspects of the of car culture mm -hmm. that it, it's surprising where people actually focus their attention. You know, because like me, I never even watched F1 before, mm -hmm. but I would probably love to go watch that. Yeah, in I mean. Person. Even uh, now, I, I still keep up with it today. And, yeah. And I mean, Honda's back in the game and they're doing pretty good. They're actually winning races and, you know. Is that through through Mugen? Uh, no, they're uh, with Red Bull, Red Bull Racing. Got you. Yeah. Because uh, we went to Auto Salon a couple years ago. I think it was the beginning of 2019. Uh -huh. And we actually went to the Mugen factory uh -huh. and they were working on some F1 cars there. Oh, it's probably like Formula 2. They look gotcha. like F1 cars. Oh, got yeah. you, got you. Yeah. What's the difference? It's just slower. <laughs> got you. So, like, um, usually, uh, pretty much all drivers they come in through like GP3, GP2, and then they go to GP1. Got you. Yeah. So, what about NASCAR? Um, I've I've been to a few NASCAR. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a pretty interesting atmosphere. Yeah, different. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. The cars are loud, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, blow your ears out loud. <laughs> yeah. Last. Yeah. Uh, when was it? We actually did the podcast with Sheepy uh, probably maybe four or five months ago or so. Mm -hmm. And um, before that, we went to the NASCAR race. And then after we went to go do the podcast, mm -hmm. um, it was at Irwindale, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh -huh. Right there. My son and I went and it was just, dude, it was so cool, yep. bro. Yep. And it's, um, 
just the cars going and then when they start having like like a gap uh-huh. then you start hearing the first gap going yeah and then at one point it's just constant it's like yeah rah, yeah, rah, yeah. Rah. Was like you could feel it too yeah like, yeah I would, I, the first time i went i i wasn't expecting that but yeah yeah i mean because when you see this stuff on, on tv i mean to me mm-hmm. it doesn't look as interesting mm-hmm. you know but i guess that goes for everything even baseball you know yeah. watching baseball on tv is not that exciting but yeah you go to the game and you're sitting in the in the bleachers or in the top yeah and it doesn't even matter dude that's the way i i saw nascar it yeah. was like almost like going to a baseball game yeah yeah just, yeah you know it was awesome yep. man i liked it so what was your first car um my very first car was a 94 honda accord oh shit <laughs> yeah um well it was uh handed down to me from gotcha. my mom and uh that was my first car and yeah after that uh i got a job saved up some money and i got i i actually wanted to buy a uh a type r okay i I really wanted to buy like either a type r or an s2000 yeah and i was just i was young you know i was 18 just kind of like kind of reaching for something that i wasn't able to yeah but i mean i felt like the type r was obtainable it's just that at the time when we went to go look at them and all that they were they were kind of like you know like oh this this is a special car it just kind of gave me the runaround. Oh, really? Yeah, it never took me serious. So mm. I went over to the Subaru dealership, and mm-hmm. this was in 2001. And uh, and they had those, you know, the brand new WRXs, the Bug Eyes. Yeah. They were O2 model, but this was an O1. Uh-huh. And I had never seen this car, but I had definitely played with WRXs on, like, PlayStation. Got you, know? you got you. So I was just like, oh, hell yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll get one of these cars. I drove it. It was, like, my first stick car. And yeah. I mean, I actually learned how to drive stick before I got my license. So I already kind of knew what I was doing because yeah. my cord was automatic. And um, and yeah, I drove it and I was just like, yeah, I'm sold. And it was like the easiest process ever to buy the car too. And then at the Honda, the Acura dealer, it wasn't? No, no, there was just kind of like, you're like, oh, it's a special car, you know, there's this and that. Really? And it just kind of like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but that's man, looking at Type R prices now. You know? <laughs> But knowing me, dude, like if I had that car, I would, I would have destroyed it. Quick, no, <laughs> yeah. definitely. I destroyed man. the WRX. Like <laughs> I could already tell you, I would have destroyed that thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny, man. Yeah. You know, um, you always hear that stuff happening in movies mm-hmm. or whatever. But I, I have experienced it, not not to the point where it's like, in, in movies, like, oh, you can't afford it. But mm-hmm. just knowing that they're not giving you as much attention. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it tells more about them and their sales skills mm-hmm. than anything yeah i just think car dealerships in general they were they were especially like an acro dealership they were a little more like like come on dude like we're your 18 year old kid you know yeah 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 so i mean obviously i was gonna have um my mom co-sign for me but (laughs) yeah when you go in there alone they don't they don't take you seriously yeah no definitely man but when i worked at best Buy, we call that a selling out of your own pocket you know when you see somebody and you think oh just because they're young or they're dressed a certain way or they're a certain race or whatever mm-hmm. that they can't afford a certain thing. And yeah. When I used to, I used to have that idea in my head that I didn't want to do that. 
Mm-hmm. And if I would have thought that way, I would have lost out on so many sales, dude. Yeah. Because, you know, even if people work at wherever, if they work at the fields or whatever, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that they're poor. Mm-hmm. That actually means that they have a lot more opportunity to make money because you get paid for mm-hmm. the batches or whatever, you yeah. know. And I say working at the field because we would have a lot of people come in from mm-hmm. the field and they would hook up their cars and things like that. Oh, yeah. And then, bro, they would just... <laughs> they would pay for whatever. Yeah, they probably already knew, you know, roughly what they were going to be spending. You yeah, know, they just wanted to come in, get it done. Yeah, yeah. And that's one yeah. thing that I did learn about sales, man. It, it doesn't really matter what somebody looks like. Yeah, it just matters if they can pay for it or yeah. not. Exactly. So you get the Subaru. <clears throat> um, so actually, the getting the Subaru and you know that actually, um, I, you know, I met a lot of people through having that i think i was just driving home one day and some guys flagged me down and they're like hey you know you want to like go to the go to the hangout and i'm like what hangout you know and then that's how i pretty much got introduced to the whole street racing scene you know no way yeah (laughs) so when you had the subaru you really didn't have any other car friends no no shit yeah Yeah. that's awesome yeah they're like yeah come hang out with us and then i went and i followed them and we you know yeah they would go to the streets and i'd be like yeah i like this <laughs> yeah hell yeah dude. <laughs> so this was probably what you said oh two this is oh one still oh one yeah. okay yeah. cool so back then what was the uh the spot uh i want to say edding edison got you um state beaches <laughs> <laughs> all the throwbacks yeah spots. all of them all the all the and for everybody listening you're uh you're born and raised in oxnard oxnard yeah. okay cool 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 so uh yeah dude i remember those kind of the low pro spots uh, uh-huh. edison <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then state beaches uh right. what about actual um the meat spot was that like it before? was best buy actually really yeah i think it was best buy gotcha and i think it was a bowling alley also in in uh, camarillo Mm, okay yeah, we would go to that one too. got you yeah. when i started going out to the meets it was already uh crispy cream mm-hmm. uh, in oxnard by best buy yeah and then it was del taco camarillo del taco you know what's funny was when when i started going that whole area where crispy cream was mm-hmm. that, that was all field no way yeah. yeah it was just it was just the chevron there i think and then like the rest of it was just all field really yeah dude i can't even remember that bro <laughs> yeah you put a new building up in two months that's been there forever for me i, I yep. forget yep. what was there before yeah. or anything yeah but i mean eventually yeah we we all started meeting there and then and then there was uh del taco and yeah camarillo <laughs> yeah and then the yeah. in and out here yeah. in oxnard yeah but i think i remember I don't know if it was 01 or 02, but there there was a big bust at Best Buy where they like closed off everything. And really? Like, yeah, they were having everyone come out through like a through like a a, a little exit. And, oh yeah, and you'd get busted. <laughs> you'd get busted for something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this group of guys that you hung out with, was it just Subaru guys? Uh, no, they had uh, Hondas and uh, just Nissans. Yeah, just, just guys t- hanging t- out. Typical tuner cars. Got you. Got yeah. you. Got you. So yeah. after you were uh, hanging out with them, did you notice that your, your passion started to grow a lot more? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I raced an eclipse or something. I got, I got smoked. Yeah. <laughs> like I didn't even know how to launch an all wheel drive car. You know, yeah. I think I just left like at idle. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that dude like was like revving off the rev limiter yeah. and he just left like nothing, you know? And I was yeah. just like, what the hell happened? Yeah. 
you know, back then my mentality was, oh, well, I make 220 according to the brochure. And yeah. He only makes 200. So, but yeah. Yeah. That, that's how you learn, you know, it's, you know, you get put in those positions and then you're like, all right, what went wrong here? Yeah. <laughs> so when did you uh, start winning races? Um, after that, I just started, uh, you know, figuring out how to drive the car properly. Um, and then, you know, seeing how to increase the boost. Um, yeah. And then I pretty much after I, I figured out how to increase the boost, I started winning races. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, I mean, we would do it like ghetto, dude. We would buy like little valves from like Home Depot and tie them in between the wastegate and like, you oh, know. Oh, shit. Yeah. It was just like a manual boost controller. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And then you, it was funny, too, because sometimes during the pulls, I could just hear the engine like knocking, but I would be like, ah, it's still going. <laughs> <laughs> the engine never blew up. Yeah. Surprisingly, it's a Subaru, but. So, so what is that? Tell me about that Subaru. Is it they're just known for having bad motors or what? I think it's just the the two point five liter is known for for having a lot of problems. Yeah, but the two liters were weren't too bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, mine never blew, and I I was really hard on that thing. Yeah, and actually, that's where I learned to really um, rebuild transmissions because I I broke I broke it four times. Got you. The first time it was covered on a warranty. The second time they said no. And yeah. It was crazy money, dude. It was like three grand back then to fix really? it. Really? Yeah. So I just said, you know what? I'm out of car. Like, I'm just going to pull out the tranny, open it. Like, what's the worst that can happen, you know? Yeah. And I just started replacing what was broken. You know, the first time it took me like three weeks to rebuild. Yeah. And I got it rebuilt. It worked. Drove it. And then... It was funny, too, because the first time it broke, it was first gear. Mm -hmm. The second time it broke, I broke it, like, the very next day I got it back. No. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. And it was second gear this time. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All I did was floor it in first, and as soon as I shifted to second, it just bust. <laughs> what, what did your mom say about oh, it? She was pissed. <laughs> she was pissed. So yeah. before that point where you started working on the car, um... Did you have any knowledge about working on cars besides, you know, helping out your neighbor? Yeah, I had a, already a pretty good amount of knowledge with that. I just had no knowledge about transmissions. Gotcha. And the same goes for my neighbor. I mean, he was kind of like, well, yeah, I mean, I've never rebuilt one, but I mean, you know, I've yeah. seen guys do it. And yeah. It's not that big of a deal, you know? Yeah. But a lot of times, especially back then, you know, opening a trans and fixing something, people are just like what the hell like it's yeah. not an engine you know like an engine is you know i guess simpler an important part of buying honda parts online is making sure that you can trust the company that you're dealing with to get you the right parts reliably you're spending a lot of money and you spent a lot of time researching your build the last thing that you may want to do is send cash to a website where you may never see it again and worse yet never see parts with heel toe automotive an 18 year history track record is part of the deal heel toe brings you deep industry connects professional parts recommendations alternative ideas when your parts aren't available and will even contact you if something on your order looks out of ordinary before it ships heel toes unique checkout allows you to select a deadline to receive your parts to make sure you get them in the time for your project plans you can buy parts online anywhere 
but heel tone knows what truly matters to an enthusiast professionalism swiftness and accuracy heel toe is in your corner visit heeltoeauto.com or you can call or text at 949-295-1668 and make sure you check them out on instagram at heel toe automotive yeah, I mean th- that goes for anything, you yeah. know. Um, even like exotic cars and things like that. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's it's really just a car and pieces together yeah. and yeah. nuts and bolts. Exactly. And if you take away that that like being afraid to get into it, yeah, and then you just think about it as what it really is, uh-huh. then you can manipulate it to however you want it to work. Yep. You know. Um, remember ryan from rywire he was uh we were talking and he was saying that about like exotic cars and he's like dude it's just it's just a car and mm-hmm. it's just an engine management or whatever it's not that big of a deal yeah but on the outside looking in you think dude you're doing harnesses for lambos yeah. or whatever yeah. you know but i mean yeah you're right dude it's just it's just mechanical pieces and mm-hmm. just tear it apart and say okay well that piece is broke so yeah let's fix that yeah and i remember taking it apart in the garage and you know like my family would walk in and be like, oh, my God, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> we just, like, tripping out, dude. Yeah. It'd be like, you know what? Ever since you were a kid, you would always just take shit apart and never put it back together. Yeah. <laughs> we are like, I hope you put this one back together. I was like, I have to. Yeah. <laughs> do you find joy in that, figuring out how things work? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And then, you know, seeing where, where it failed and what we can do to, you know, beef it up. Yeah. You know. What other automotive or non-automotive things would you mess around with? Hmm. Uh, yeah, not really anything else. I mainly just stuck to automotive just cars. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Sometimes I'll find myself messing yeah. around with something like, you know, old VCR is yeah. not working or whatever. Yeah. Just tearing yeah. things apart. But. Yeah. I think I, that's, that's the type of stuff I would take apart back when I was like 10 or something. And yeah. Yeah. My mom would just, it would drive her nuts. <laughs> And a driver nuts should be like hiding all the screwdrivers. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. get the Subaru, you're you're finally learning how to race and working on it. So what what ended up happening with that car? So that car, um I just had like a final straw with it. I think I was just it got to a point where I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna drive this thing normal. I'm gonna save my money and I'm gonna buy something else. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna drive this thing because I have to. I have to go to work. And I'm driving on the freeway and like uh some car you know tries to pass me so i was just like all right i'll put it in third as soon as i put it in third and let go of the clutch it broke again no shit yeah like third gear just right just like that yeah oh wow yeah and i was just like uh i'm done with this thing so i actually from there it was it still ran i I drove it to subaru yeah and i tried to see if they would fix it under warranty and they said no yeah and it stayed there for i think like two months Uh and they said hey you need to come pick up your car and I'm just like, okay. So I went over there and I started talking with uh, with my old sales guy. He's like, what happened? And I was just like, yeah, it's just the trans, it's no good. Mm-hmm. Like it keeps breaking. <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, you know, you need to upgrade to the STI. Oh, like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I started looking at them and they offered me a good deal. They pretty much, they, they said, oh, yeah, we'll cover it under warranty if you trade in the car. Oh, shit. Okay. So I was just like all right, fine, because if not, I'm going to dump like another two grand into it, you know? Yeah. So I ended up getting a brand new 2005, I think they call them Blah-Bye. Blah-Bye, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sick. Yeah, and that just led to more more, what? more racing, more, you know. 
So 2005, was that about the same time that the 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 WR the STI and the Evo were kind of came out at the same time? I think and the Evo came out in 03. Got you. And then the STI came out in 04. But but the STI that came out in 04 was kind of like an oddball car. It was like it had no radio. It it had a it didn't have a really good suspension either in the back. Uh-huh. It was just kind of like a car they tossed together just because the Evo was already here. Gotcha. And it wasn't until 05, like the one that I got, where they updated everything. They updated the interior, yeah. they widened the rear track, they put wider wheels, all that stuff. But Really? Yeah. That's fucking weird. Yeah. Didn't even have a stereo? Yeah, it didn't come with the radio. Wow. Yeah. It's kind of like the uh, the Dodge Neon, bro, that has power windows in the front, but not in the oh, back. Oh, <laughs> I remember that, actually. Yeah, the Neon SRT4s. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was the oddest thing ever. I was just like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Is this a coupe? <laughs> <laughs> wow i never even knew that that's yeah, crazy yeah. dude. actually i actually raced one of my buddies uh srt4s like he, he was like here dude like because i got pretty good at driving everybody wanted me to drive their car yeah he'd be like here race this guy i'll be like all right i hopped in i launched the car really good it was against the evo he took me off the line and I, right as i shifted a second the shift knob went went to the back somewhere <laughs> the shift knob just came off i think they like press them on or something oh really and i was like what the f- <laughs> Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, so I just kept going with the with the <laughs> race with with no shift knob. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, man, that uh that STI, bro. I always wanted that one, dude. Yeah, yeah, especially that with the with the square wing on uh-huh. the back. Yeah, that one, and then the Evo. Uh, what is the MR? Is like the, the oh yeah the higher one with yeah. like the spikes on the roof. Yep, I remember that era. That was that was dope, man. That was yeah. probably about the same time that in my opinion was like the highlight years mm-hmm. out here as far as meets and stuff oh right? yeah there was a lot of people that had those cars yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean after that i mean i just kind of uh went all out as far as i can go with with the sti and then it wasn't the transmission that was giving me issues it was the engine mm. what yeah. kind of problems were you having uh it just, just wouldn't last it it make like 450 mm-hmm on like uh you know full bolt-on injectors big turbo and then it would it would you know it wouldn't last it would last maybe like a month and then what would you do <laughs> and then i put i bought you know pistons and all that stuff so i put i i built a like a forged short block yeah and the same thing happened it like happened in a matter of like i think it only it lasted maybe three months really yeah and it's just the even the upgraded pistons at the time that they sold, the ring lands were just too thin. Gotcha. Yeah, so it, it would just break. Did you feel like the market was still pretty new? Yeah, the market was new, and that I mean that engine I don't think was engineered correctly gotcha. from the get go. Gotcha. So it's just I mean yeah, it's fine when it's like at in a Forester at two twenty horsepower, you know, mm-hmm. but definitely not for for the STIs application. Yeah. So yeah. now you're doing all of this wrenching on the STIs. Did did you have a lot of friends that were into the I STIs had a lot as well? of S- Yeah, I had a lot of STI buddies and yeah, the same thing was happening to them. Yeah. yeah and I just, I was like, oh, I need a reliable car. <laughs> so yeah. I was, my whole plan was to still keep the STI. So I think, yeah, after that, I bought like a Honda Fit just so I can get to work. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. So the yeah. Fit was just a commuter. Yeah, it was just a commuter. But then I started modifying it too. Really? Yeah, put nitrous on it, <laughs> lowered it, did all the, the wheels, all that stuff. Yeah. I started racing that thing too. What motor's in the Fit? Uh, it's a 1.5. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So what were what were uh, some of the things that you were doing to it to make it fast? Mm, just nitrous. Mm. <laughs> that was the only thing you can you can do. I mean, yeah. people were turboing them and supercharging them, but it wouldn't really do anything. Yeah. But I mean, you know, with nitrous, it would just yeah brings anything to life. Yeah, <laughs> no, definitely, man. <laughs> nitrous is always something that's kind of yeah. kind of scared me, but it seems like it's something that you've always dabbled on. How yeah. how did you? How did you get to understand what nitrous actually did and ways to um, oh, you know, do it safely? Everyone that was fast, they were, that's what they were using. So yeah. I was just kind of like, okay, well, if you know, that's what they're using, I got to use it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so would you? What would you do if you upgraded the nitrous? Would you have to do the injectors, the management, or what? No, else? it was just a simple wet kit. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, it's so primitive the way we would do it. Yeah. We would just wire everything up literally with a button, like a cord. We just hold it. <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> you know, you got to make sure, you know, when, when you press the button, you got to be wide open throttle. If not, you're going to pop the, the manifold or something. You know? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I haven't done much destruction with yeah. these cars. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I would like to. <laughs> I remember one time. I was just driving and uh, one of the solenoids got stuck open with, mm-hmm. you know, the bottle open. Oh, shit. And it just like killed the car. But I mean, I don't know. It was a Honda. It yeah. It still turned on, you know? <laughs> yeah. But after that, I could tell the engine was hurt. So I, I, that's when I traded in for the, the eighth gen. So you, you traded in the fit. You yeah. got the eighth gen. Now, with your time with the fit, did it already turn you on to Hondas? I was always like, like a Honda fanboy. Like okay. even before the Subarus and I just kind of like got like a bad taste when they went when I couldn't get one. Ah, one that I wanted. Yeah. So yeah, when I got the eighth gen, it was it was a much better experience. You know, mm-hmm. I got like a really good deal on it and and yeah, it was again, it was just gonna be a commuter car for me. Got you. Yeah, and then I just started I mean, that engine, the K series, you know, it's just like I just saw how much I was able to appreciate it a lot more because I was dealing with the Subaru engine. I was just like, yeah. man, this engine is so much better as, you know, way better technology, you know, everything about it is just better. The yeah. pistons, the rods, all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, going to the eighth gen, it looks like that's where you, you got a lot of your accolades starting off mm-hmm. with, with that chassis right there. So yeah. what was, uh, so give us like a timeline of you got the car and then so, what yeah, were some I of mean, the things you started to do? That car, um, so that car actually has never had nitrous on it. Okay. Cause prior to that, I was putting nitrous on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that car has never had nitrous. And, uh, I don't know. I just always, I, I liked how, how the car made a lot of power just naturally aspirated. Mm-hmm. And that's how I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to try to squeeze as much power as I can at not doing turbo or, or, you know, any force induction. Just all motor. Yeah, just all motor and, you know, see what the limitations are and just go from there. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot of stuff available to us back then. I mean, I don't think Honda came out with, with a tuning solution till like, maybe three years after that car was in production. Really? It was a long time, yeah. Oh, shit. All they had was a reflash. Downtime with Downstar would like to welcome our newest sponsor, 
Rywire Motorsport Electronics. Rywire has been around since 2005, supplying you with solutions for all of your motorsport electronics needs. Whether you need a simple ECU adapter, engine harness, chassis harness, or PDM setup, they can get you taken care of. Offering products for most popular engine platforms from Honda, Toyota, Nissan, GM, hey, even Lamborghini. And if you have any private label needs, they can also take care of that as well. Rywire is the leader in motorsport electronics in our community, and we're excited to have them part of the Downtime with Downstairs our family please please make sure you guys support rywire you guys could check them out at rywire.com or on instagram at rywire underscore motorsport underscore electronics i know it's long guys if you just search rywire it will pop up and if you're searching make sure you search them on youtube and you can check out their youtube channel where they are working on their new ev s2000 build we're super excited for that and we're super excited for Rywire to be part of the Downtime with Downstar family. So please guys, make sure you go show Rywire some love and tell them that Downtime with Downstar sent you. Once again, that's rywire.com. So what were the, some of the things that you were doing to it? Uh, I mean, people online, they would try cams, they would try you know, stuff that worked for the RSXs, but mm -hmm. without the tuning, you know, the cars would run odd. Mm. It was also the first K-series, I think, with like a master flow sensor. Mm -hmm. so that was like another obstacle to get around you, gotcha. could, you couldn't just pop a an intake on it you know and then it would run fine if you would put an intake on it it would run funny yeah because nobody was like you know doing the correct like housing for it got you yeah so i mean that stuff was yeah it was all it was all kind of like experiment yeah before tuning was available now what uh, what companies do you remember that um that started developing products for the eighth gen that were actually beneficial uh i would say um just all the companies that made like like the cams and the internals for it i, I would mm -hmm. say like drag cartel yeah you know their cams um yeah uh can't really think too too much yeah yeah, yeah super yeah. tech you know got you yeah. okay okay yeah i would say those are still those. companies used to this day right oh, yeah of course yeah yeah hell yeah, yeah their stuff's only improved i mean yeah yeah and then uh you know they started actually so also with with that car i remember i was taking it to the track and literally just with the reflash and like bolt-ons I was going like high 13s with it mm -hmm. and I was just kind of like wow you know this this car is pretty quick with just you know the bolt-ons and no no tune there was other people online that couldn't break 15s with the same the same parts really yeah so and I remember I, w I was able to get my hands I broke the final drive in that car uh -huh. like I broke the one of the the teeth on it I think in that year 0708 they didn't have very good uh production on the final drives so gotcha, they would gotcha. break easy and I got my hands on a on a FD2, uh -huh. so it's an eighth gen Type R okay. final drive. Gotcha. And I was one of the first guys to to put that in the car because mm -hmm. a lot of them were like, "Oh, we don't know if it'll work," but it's kind of like, "Dude, it's almost the same tranny. Why wouldn't it work, right?" Gotcha. So I guess I took the risk to yeah. Even when when I called the, uh, uh, I was it Steve H Motors. Yeah, 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 Steve. Yeah, I, I he's like, oh, we don't know if it'll fit if it'll fit that tranny, and I'm just like, oh well, you know, I I still want to buy it, you know, yeah, just try it out, and yeah, it worked, and it made the car significantly faster. Really? Yeah. Did you put that news out there? Yeah, yeah, and uh, 
then people were bringing me their cars so I could swap out the the final drive. People were doing that. Hell yeah. Yeah. So when did you actually open up your garage or start working on people's cars? Um, I started working on people's cars actually out of my garage. Okay. In like 2009, I think. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, and then it got it got to a point where I was just annoying the shit out of my neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, I I moved to a larger shop. Mm-hmm. Well, to an actual shop. To a shop. Yeah. Okay. And, and yeah. The, so before um before you moved to your shop, what were you doing for work? Uh, well, from so before that, I was working just randomly wherever I could get a job through an agency. Got you, got you. And then, yeah, from there, I ended up, uh, I I got so busy with cars at home Mm -hmm. that I would just, I quit my job and I just doing that. Yeah. And then from there, I moved to the shop and then, yeah, that's how I make my living now. Wow. (laughs) That's awesome. Do you ever look back at that and just, just realize that you like... Were an entrepreneur and you made yeah. a business for yourself. I mean, I wish I could have took the risk sooner. You know, yeah, like right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm happy. I'm yeah. happy where I'm at now. Yeah. Hell yeah! Did you ever expect that that that's the way that things were gonna go? Um, no. I mean, I just I took it day by day. I think. Yeah. And just kind of saw the potential there, and you know, did family said I was crazy, but <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you, man. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's always the hard thing, man, especially, yeah. you know, in this area, you know, we're we're raised to to know that this is the life that we have to live. You have to go mm-hmm. to work or you go to school or whatever and that's yeah. it, you know, but I'm I know in my life it was never really pushed to me, not even the option that mm-hmm. hey, maybe one day you could have your own business. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you could work for yourself, maybe you could have employees or whatever. That was yeah. that was never uh, explained to me not through friends family not even through school mm-hmm. you know it was always it was supposed to be so structured yeah you know but then you just look at it like you're this is episode 195 and we've heard this story so many times yeah. you know yeah. i'm i'm good at working on cars so i would just work them on the side and mm-hmm. Businesses got so busy, so I needed a shop and this is what i do now yeah you know <laughs> so it's like dude yeah. this it's it's so it's not easy, but the path is clear. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're good at something and somebody's willing to pay you for it, yeah, you know, just keep doing that. And the important thing too is that you do what you want to, do, yeah, like what you like to do. So, I feel that in that aspect, I'm I'm fortunate. Yeah, yeah. hell yeah, dude. Yeah, just just waking up and just you know just living mm-hmm. your own life. Yep. You know, there's there's so much satisfaction to mm-hmm. that. I was talking to my wife about that yesterday and it's like, you know, when you work for somebody, you're literally at the mercy of mm-hmm. them whether mm-hmm. they want to be a dick that yeah. day or not. Yeah. You have a birthday on the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, we need you. When I worked at Best Buy, sorry, we need you to come in yeah. Saturday from 4 to 8 to close. Like yeah. 4 to 8, come four to eight on. Just ruin dude. the whole day. You ruin everything <laughs> for me, man, but if you put that same hustle that you put into waking up every day, yeah. going to sleep at a time just so you could wake up just to go to work, if you put that same amount of energy into yourself, mm-hmm. bro, I feel like there could be so many more self-employed people, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just there's always that risk element, too. You know, that's where a lot of people, I think, kind of get nervous yeah. about, about even attempting something like that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Did you ever feel like that, that it was a risk? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of times where I, especially at the beginning when I first got the shop, there was mm-hmm. a lot of times where I did worry, you know, I did, I did have to take a part-time job at one point, mm. you know, because 
I'm all word of mouth, you know. I've never yeah. really advertised or anything like that, you know. Yeah. So it 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 did take some time to to build up the, yeah, the the clientele the, and the yeah, word the of mouth and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I feel you, man. So is what's the reasoning behind like not not marketing yourself? Mm, at first, it was just kind of like you know I, I was happy with the amount that I was doing, mm -hmm. so I really didn't see a reason to to kind of push got you got you and then it got to a point where i just had so much to do that yeah. i was just like why am i gonna go out and you know if anything the word of mouth is already enough you know i got yeah. i got a, like a ton of people i met a, a ton of people you know and that's how i just proceeded from there really got you and with this eighth gen you uh do you feel like this was the chassis that you became very well known for yeah yeah i think that's where i i uh i started to to really get into the social media aspect of it yeah yeah so with that car um you had some world records didn't you yeah um we had a fastest all motor fastest uh supercharger setup mm -hmm. um and i think fastest i think that one still stands the fastest uh stock block oh really yeah <laughs> oh shit yeah yeah, I think uh, we did twelve four at one oh nine. Very cool, dude. Yeah. So what uh what made you go over to a supercharger? Um, so we we had built an engine. Uh, so it was like a K twenty four. Uh, it was we sleeved it because the the K twenty four block that we had was it was damaged. The mm -hmm. walls were so we were just like let's just sleeve it, mm -hmm. you know, make it stronger, and that way we could put a big piston in it. Yeah, we put like a eighty nine millimeter piston in and it just uh i think this the machine shop whoever did it this, the sleeves just kept sinking so i kept having head gasket issues mm. and we had already scheduled to go to the track and everything and i had we had uh built uh or we had helped uh one of the guys from the eighth gen community uh build his supercharger we fixed his tranny and all that stuff and we had just taken his car to the track and and it it, it went pretty fast mm -hmm. And my car was, uh, you know, I had a lot of lightweight stuff on it. It had like a carbon fiber hood and trunk and, you know, the I had the whole roof swapped out for a for an LX roof. No shit. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, it had a sunroof or what? Yeah, had a, all SIs have sunroofs. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the car had a lot of lightweight components on it. So it was able to be about 500 pounds off of a normal 8th gen. God damn. Yeah. So we when we put the supercharger rotor in there, it, it, it went almost eight tenths of a second faster than it did in the in the coupe oh shit yeah and we also we we tuned it on ethanol so i think that played a big part in it too got you you right. know speaking of tuning i know that you uh dabble with motec a lot mm -hmm. when was the first time that you started uh using that management well i've always uh used so like the main person that started tuning uh you know from the eighth gen on with me was uh, a buddy of mine his name's bit Mm -hmm. from vit viper and he used to tune a lot of a lot of eighth gens back in the day he got super popular with tuning eighth gens and mm -hmm. and he eventually uh started you know messing around with other engine management systems you know he started doing am then he went to to motec and and then he he was just like hey you know you need the ccu and i'm mm -hmm. just like i'm like okay and he's like, yeah, you should buy it. And he showed me the price tag. And I was just like, dude, you're nuts. I'm not going to pay that. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I'm telling you, you need it. And I'm like, ah, okay. So I, you know, I, I, I bought a kit off of him and, and we, we tuned the eighth gen 
on on a Motec, uh, and that's I think when it went eleven two. Yeah, eleven two at like one twenty three or something like that. And we only got one pass out of it because um, the car doesn't have a cage. So oh, gotcha, track gotcha, officials gotcha. are like, hey, done. you're done. Gotcha. <laughs> so, yeah. And then after that, um, I got a, I got attention. And yeah, he, he was already, you know, working with the uh, getting a MoTeC work on, a, on the tension. So he creates the package. Mm-hmm. So everything works in your car. Like, you know, with a lot of standalones, especially if you put them in the new cars, you know, nothing works. Like, you know, the, the your controls. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> your gauge cluster, you know, nothing uh-huh. would operate. So yeah. he he creates the, the the program for everything to work, the package. So it's just straight plug, take your ECU out, put the Motec mm-hmm. one in. Yeah, the good. stock ECU is not in there. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. cool, dude. Yeah. Now, at this time, were you uh, already familiar with uh, working with Honda? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all we were using back with the, with the eighth gen. So what's the difference between, um, I mean, in general, Honda and Motec, what are some of the benefits of going with Motec? Um, just pretty much it's like you, any, any restrictions you would have with, with a stock ECU. Cause at the end of the day, the Honda is a, it's a reflash. Mm-hmm. It, it only can do so much within the stock ECU. Yeah. So it's, it's pretty much just manipulating those parameters inside a stock ECU. Yeah. And with Motec, it's, it's just fast and it, you know, you could do anything you want. Yeah. You know, you can create like, uh, like we were able to do the port, port injection, mm-hmm. you know, all that got, you know, wired in mm-hmm. and we, we, you know, we have real launch control. We have, you know, anti-lag and yeah, you know, there's just traction control is a big one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with a front wheel drive car, you make 500 horsepower. It's going to be like spin city with other yeah, systems. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is all controlled. Really? Yeah. So I, you think it's worth the investment? I think so. Yeah. What does something like that run? Uh, North is six. 6k got you yeah, got you got for, you for the tension stuff and okay. that goes for type r as well oh okay yeah oh very cool <clears throat> yeah sick so you get the the eighth gen finally start to uh get some traction with that when do you move on to uh to the ninth gen actually i i was going to buy a ninth gen but mm-hmm. I, I don't know what happened i i i just didn't see the reason to because the I was already busy enough with the eighth gen stuff mm. so I did look into how the motor because there's a lot of different things when they did the ninth gen like they did the single outlet exhaust yeah 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 it was a huge restriction and, mm. you know people were trying different things but the car just wasn't making the power that it should have because it only had a, a single outlet head yeah so from there I actually was able to um, uh, I got a few customers that were, you know, willing to experiment, mm-hmm. and we we did make a uh, K twenty uh, head uh, work on the stock ninth gen bottom end. Really? Yeah. Oh shit. And when we did that, it just it it was it was kind of like having like a like a K twenty four, you know, like a a Frank, but in a new car. Yeah. And that's something that they weren't able to do. Yeah. And a lot of people think, that, oh, you know, we'll just swap in like a normal older TSX motor. Uh-huh. But it won't work because the the crank read is 
like it has a big gear oh, okay. or the older k series had like a i don't know had a lot less teeth got you got yeah, you got and you, you couldn't retrofit that in into the old uh into the old engine but you could swap the head in you, it you we were able to swap the head wow. yeah. like would you use... like custom size the uh, head studs and we would have to add weld to the head and then we would have to have it like redecked. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, so this is kind of like just you know we would go along. I think the first one I did was uh, Ken Swoon. You heard of him? No. Yeah, he he does a lot of um, a time tech. Got you, got you. Okay. Yeah, so he did an all motor uh, build on his pistons, rods, and yeah, yeah, he made like three hundred wheel all motor. Wow. Yeah, now, would was... there be an issue with uh, like the exhaust manifold, the header? So, yeah, I mean, the, the car wasn't designed to fit anything that large in there, you know? They kind of, it looked, I mean, there's a lot of space in there, but it looked like Honda was just like, okay, well, we only need one pipe coming out of here, so yeah. let's take up all this space. So we did have to um, figure out, you know, experiment with a few headers for the 8th gen mm -hmm. and make them fit on the 9th gen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's that's how we did that. But I think we work with uh, uh, Jeremy at Drag Cartel and, and uh, ASP. Mm -hmm. And they figured out, um, you know, how to make a bolt-on header. So now yeah. you now you can just hit up ASP and and they got a header for a nine gen. Yeah, yeah. So the head swap's a lot easier. One of the most critical parts to any build is the clutch. Without a proper clutch, you won't be able to get that power to the wheels. No one wants to spend hundreds of dollars on a clutch that won't hold their power for more than a few races or spirited drives. It is important to go with a clutch that you know that you can count on. That's why many people choose Action Clutch over the competition. Action Clutch offers OEM replacements all the way to 1200 plus horsepower that can be found everywhere from street cars, drag cars, and even formula drift vehicles. Action Clutch makes all their kits here in the USA with material sourced locally in Los Angeles. Not only is Action Clutch made in the USA, they have also made a strong focus this year to give back a percentage of sales back to the community during these hard times, providing impacted families with groceries and other necessities. Contact Action Clutch today with whatever you need and you will receive the family treatment. You can find their product line at actionclutch.com. If you don't see what you need, please feel free to call them at 323-269-6051. You can also DM them on Instagram at actionclutch or email them at sales at actionclutch.com. If you need help choosing a kit, Action Clutch can get you set up with the right kit for your build. Did you ever realize what you were bringing to the table as far as, you know, experimenting on stuff that probably nobody was even trying to do? Mm, I mean, I knew eventually people were going to figure it out, but I was just kind of like, you know, I have the, the, you know, the guys that want, they're willing to do it and, you know, why not? Yeah. <laughs> so what gave you the confidence that you can figure it out or even tackle that job? Uh... I don't know, just from, just from building, because I, I was already at that time building, uh, like engine, because people would blow up those engines, like with superchargers or Got turbo. You. So I already had a, a few of the newer K series blocks sitting there, and I was able to see, oh, you know, fit it on there, be like, okay, if theoretically, if we had a different head gasket or if we yeah. had this, it would work. Yeah. Theoretically. So yeah, just you know, little steps like that. Yeah. And then eventually. 
See, it was a lot easier to build a motor, like do pistons and rods, then do the head swap. Mm -hmm. But to do a head swap on the completely stock bottom end, that was more of an issue. Like mm -hmm. there was, like the piston had like this little nub that would hit the K20 head. Gotcha. So we had to, um, you know, have the heads like, like you know, clear uh, clearance there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how long did it take you before uh, you actually got a final product that worked? um how many revisions did you have just one really yeah once we did it once that was that was it and Fuck. yeah there was a there's about like five cars running around out there with with uh my setup on there hell yeah <laughs> yeah good shit yeah. now with the ninth gen um even though you didn't own one um the customer cars that you did work on did any of them go to breaking any records or anything like that uh no um there were mainly just street cars mm -hmm. yeah other than the the time attack car that that car got a lot of uh a lot of recognition i would say got you yeah okay and then now fast forward to the uh 10th gen do you own a 10th a gen yeah i own a sedan an si okay cool so let's yeah. let's talk about that when when that chassis was coming out what was your mindset like for the upcoming 10th gen before it even came um, out yeah so with that car i i actually uh was not even interested in buying it mm -hmm. i was just kind of like mm, 1.5 liter this is i mean no matter how you slice it the engine's tiny yeah know? i don't care about all this you know new turbo, turbo technology yeah, yeah 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 i'm like at the end of the day it's 1.5 you know I, how much power it's it's not going to be able to do it yeah, yeah yeah um and uh yeah, my buddy, my tuner, he um, he got one, and he was just like, "Dude, you need to get one." And I was just like, "No, I'm gonna get a Type R." And he's like, "Oh, you're stupid if you get a Type R because that you're not gonna get anyone like no no like yeah. business with with that, you know." Yeah. And I was just like, "Now nah, I'm gonna get a Type R." And I I went, and yeah, they wanted crazy money. They were like ten, fifteen over sticker. Yeah. So I kind of was just like, okay. I'll get this car and then, um, you know, I'll wait and maybe later I'll get, I'll get a type. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, it turned out to be a really good decision. And, and I mean, I really like the car now, mm -hmm. you know, it's a really comfortable car. It gets crazy gas mileage. Really? Even the way it is right now, 500 wheel horsepower street setup. It still gets like 40 miles per gallon. You're making 500. Yeah. God damn. Yeah, 500 on pump gas. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Is it tune free 85? Yeah. Well, when I say pump gas, I'm able to buy E85 at a pump. So oh. that's, pump, <laughs> that's pump gas to me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. So yeah. um, your your initial thought of the the L15, is that what it's called? The L15? Yeah, the L15. So your initial thought of it, that it wasn't going to be a good setup. Yeah, what's what's your thought of it now? Uh, now it's, you know, it, it just, it's a motor that keeps... Uh, like impressing me, I guess. Got like, you. Um, every time I, I do something to it and, you know, it ends up responding well, I'm, I'm like, okay. Yeah. Maybe I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I've had this conversation with uh, Brian from Hasport mm -hmm. and we we're talking about the, uh, the 10th gen and the L15 motor and mm -hmm. how he foresees that motor becoming the new K series motor. Yeah. After all, you know, after all the K series turn into the B series and then start mm -hmm. slowly going away. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it's going to move that way? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's already people swapping those engines into the older chassis mm -hmm. and, 
and yeah, they're they're working out really good. Do you find a benefit in that? Say, put one of those in a in a EG because I know Hasport's working on mounts um, for those. Yeah, I mean, as of aftermarket increases, uh, I mean, like I said, it's really easy to make power out of them. So mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, if if there's going to be an abundance of them, they're putting these engines in in everything. Yeah, there's going to be an abundance of them. So yeah, why not? Have you ever priced out what one would cost? Like they had a junkyard or something? Uh, yeah, they're not too bad. I think they're like 1500 bucks for wiring harness, everything. everything turbo kit and everything? Yeah, every, every, every turbo, everything. No My, fucking way. Yeah, minus the transmission. The transmission is going to cost you money. Oh, really? Yeah, usually. And usually if you find a used one, it's it's bad. They're, they're kind of like the K-Series. They're a little got fragile. Got you, got you. Yeah, so. But now, we, I mean, we were working with, with Jeremy and, uh -huh. you know, we, we gave him a tranny and and he sent it to PBG, and they they made a gear kit for it. So that's that's what we've been pushing lately. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the. No, no. Let's yeah. get into that. Yeah. So the tranny is is one of the weak points, like you said, for the like yeah. the K series yep. is. So I sent it to Jeremy, and uh, they did a gear set. So the gear that you're gonna be able to get the gear set, what is that gonna be able to do for the trans? So one is strengthening it because. Uh, Third and fourth are real fragile in those cars, especially mm -hmm. with the torque that they make. They make crazy torque. Got you. So, um, and the other thing, the the first and second gears in in the tensions, they're they're not very geared for like performance. Got you. They're like, it, it's a very odd ratio. Like first gear, I think goes to like twenty eight miles an hour. Or yeah, it's like super short. So if you modify a stock, it's fine. But if you modify the car, there's no make, first gear. Yeah, there's no first gear. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like it's a useless gear, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And even when you're at the track and you put slicks and it hooks, it's still like, you know, you're shifting in a second immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. you're not able to use it. And uh, yeah, so with that, we, you know, we gave them kind of roughly the ratios that, that we thought would be best. Mm -hmm. And uh, and yeah, they came out with something and it so far it's working really good. So you already have it? Yeah, I already have it. Yeah. Really? We we, uh, we got the first set and we we tested it out. You know, we uh, we did the dyno and you know made sure it, it held all the power. And then we uh, and I had it you know tear it apart again, mm -hmm. make sure you know make sure everything was wearing correctly. Yeah. And and yeah, now now we have the. I think all the kits are sold. <laughs> wow. Uh, Is there anybody else in the ten gen community doing something like that? Um, I think there is, but they're not changing the ratios for some reason. I, yeah, I think they're just making stronger gears. Yeah, they're making stronger gears. And there's hmm. M Factory. I think they make a close ratio. That's not good for people. I think most of my markets drag racing. You know, yeah. they want to go fast in a straight line, and those gear setups are more for road racing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I that that wouldn't be something I would recommend either for street because it's just kind of like, why are you going to be shifting so many times on the street? You know? Yeah. Yeah, especially wow. if you're making like 200 over over stock. What does it make stock? Stock they dyno like 180. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Dude, that's crazy, man. You just taking all of these risks and pushing the community forward. You know, opening so mm -hmm. many more doors for just this one chassis. That's mm -hmm. awesome, dude. Yeah. Do you ever look at it like that? Mm, no. I mean, I just kind of <laughs> like see it as like okay. You know, I'm trying to um, go as far as I can go with this chassis, and you know, yeah. If I figure out something that that's not holding up, then I'm gonna try to figure out a way to to fix it. You know. Yeah, and that... we we had we have had a lot of 
a lot of like uh you know like bump stops i guess yeah 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 like the oil pumps an issue i think we at at the track when we went 11 2 we we broke an oil pump because we were trying to rev it to like eight uh-huh the stock red lines like 64 or something oh shit like that. <laughs> yeah so yeah i remember after that run not only did that happen but the the manifold it's a plastic manifold and yeah. manifold it just exploded no shit yeah <laughs> yeah it just exploded and and uh <laughs> my guy came into the pits and and the car sounded like a like a itb <laughs> <laughs> the car was running still really yeah, because the motec you know it's okay there's no throttle body so now i'm gonna idle with with the, the cam phasing oh the, shit. It, yeah the car i was actually running with no manifold oh shit yeah yeah is there um i'm not really familiar with the 10th gen stuff is there aftermarket uh intake manifolds available um so there's been talk about people making them but uh-huh. i don't think they're i don't think we'll see one for like another year really yeah i think uh there's a company somewhere out in china gotcha. <laughs> they made one but it there hasn't been a lot of people running it and i think they really missed the market when they didn't um incorporate the the additional injector ports oh yeah because right now like what i'm running to make the power that i'm running i'm running like a like it's called a injector spacer okay so you put that in between the intake manifold and the head and you're able to add four more injectors got you got you okay <clears throat> now the um do they offer a, like an aluminum valve cover for that motor they don't really <laughs> no wow yeah yeah i think someone should jump on that right there because yeah yeah not a lot of people like the plastic now what about the one that i believe it's what spoon offers Uh uh-huh is that's that's just a painted stock one no shit yeah wow (laughs) yeah there's still so much opportunity for that chassis dude it usually takes years anyways yeah you know I, i feel kind of right now that like the way i look at a um an rsx is still a little newer than I would look at an EK, but it's mm-hmm. not as much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I see an RSX and I see, okay, I, I feel comfortable enough mm-hmm. tinkering with this car, doing things to it. Yeah. Because I've seen it just done so many times. Yeah. And but, you, you had one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that white one. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was fun, man. That's yeah. why I bring it up. You know, I yeah. missed that chassis, mm-hmm. but that was like the newest Honda that I ever had. Mm-hmm. You know, but fast forward, shit, like what, 12, 13 years later to this chassis. Yeah. Uh, if this is going to become the new the new Civic mm-hmm. and then the new motor platform, yeah, the, there's so much opportunity still yeah. there. Even the next generation, they're they're going to carry over the engine. They're going to use the same engine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, for it being that cheap, man, that's awesome. Yeah, that <laughs> would. I, I have. Uh, we actually have one of our customers that has the L15 swap, but I think it's maybe EK if I'm not mistaken, uh-huh. EK or EG. But yeah. it looks cool. But the only thing about it is just it, it looks like a newer motor. Yeah. You know, if there was a, a lot of plastic, a, yeah, a valve cover <laughs> yeah. or intake manifold mm-hmm. or something else that, yeah. that made it look a little more, you know, I don't know, aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. It's a very busy engine. It's, it's actually got a lot of sensors on it. Oh, a lot, really? A lot of wires. Like the wiring harness on those things is like twice the weight of a k-series one really <laughs> a lot of wires yeah got you um is there anybody that's even dabbling into the wiring is it does ryan uh, right wire do they uh, offer something for it or i haven't seen no but i mean that would be something i would be interested in i mean right now i run a plug and play for my motec but it, it got just, you 
doesn't look clean yeah, yeah 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 it's just a bunch of wires and like a header and yeah and got you so um before we get any further tell me about your uh relationship with uh drag cartel uh you know jeremy has been a um, founder in this mm -hmm. community and it seems like you guys have a pretty good relationship uh yeah i mean i i, I mean back when i had the h and you know i needed certain parts that you know i kind of didn't feel like comfortable buying you know without you know getting like exact like knowledge of what i should run because gotcha. you know they have different spring pressures and all that and obviously he had the experience already from, yeah from running you know the k series and you know he was you know running uh his drag car well <laughs> well into the nines and then the high eights you know yeah so, um yeah i just contacted him one day and you know i i asked him a few questions and he was like super chill straight yeah. up and yeah i just started buying all my parts from him yeah yeah and then that's we just built a relationship from there dope man yeah, yeah i know when you uh i took my motor to you to get built we mm -hmm. went with all dry car stuff mm -hmm. dry cartel stuff with that so it's, uh, it's crazy man we're, we're all just so local yeah <laughs> it's probably like yep. what 20 minutes away mm -hmm. that's yeah. awesome man yeah so back to the uh the tension i know you're offering um like a clutch flywheel setup tell me a little bit about that okay so what happened here was <laughs> when i when i bought the car um we were already adding a lot of power to it we were using a k tuner at the time okay so um we were i think we were tuning on ethanol and yeah and vid even told me he's like the clutch is gonna slip mm -hmm. the clutch sucks in it and i'm just like ah well we'll see maybe it's the way you're driving yeah and yeah sure enough it, it slipped mm -hmm. and and he was like yeah we're you know they were working with i think clutch masters getting okay. a clutch for it and uh yeah he sent me one and i put it in the car and after that i just i was like what's the point like i this car is brand new and it it, it doesn't drive like i don't want it to drive like an old got you you know chattery car yeah know? yeah yeah and that's kind of how it was i mean yeah it it, it held the power but it just it uh it wasn't a very comfortable car to drive after. It lost that new car feel. Exactly. Like, I was, like, stalling and, like, <laughs> the car. Uh, yeah. So, at the time, I was kind of like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm probably not going to keep the car if that if nothing aftermarket comes up mm. that, that, you know, feels better than this. So, uh, I think I, I took the tranny off just to, to see what the condition of the clutch was and I noticed there was some issues with it so they they sent me a replacement and uh i guess they had some rubbing issues with like the bell housing mm. so that at that time i had a uh a hpd flywheel mm -hmm. that i had bought from uh from hpd and um <clears throat> i had a type r clutch because i was doing a clutch on a type r and i noticed everything bolted up and i was just like huh <laughs> i was like this is this would be optimal you know this this clutch from the type r can handle a lot of power mm -hmm. like we didn't we didn't know how much at the time but you know it it can handle more than what the type r makes that's mm -hmm. for sure there's a lot of type r's out there running with you know over 400 wheel horsepower and yeah their cars hold up fine yeah so i was like man it'd be it'd be awesome if i could get this this clutch you know to work on on the tension um and I tried to close up the tranny, but it just, it wouldn't close. Everything was just way too big. Got you, got you. 
So that's when I kind of just, you know, okay, you know, I, I found a, a, a machinist and he took this $800 HPD flywheel and just like cut it, like butchered it <laughs> just so I could fit the Type R clutch on there. Yeah. And uh, he charged me a grip of money too because he was like, dude, this thing was messing up my, my bits, you know, like cutting it this <laughs> yeah. much. Yeah, dude, that thing went from weighing 32 pounds because it was a solid piece. It went from weighing 32 pounds to, I think, like 25 pounds. No it shit. took that much metal off of it. Why was it so thick? Uh, well, the stock flywheel is a dual mass, and I think it weighs that much. And I think because of, the, like, the, the rules or something with the, with, you know, the, the cars they supply the parts for, HPD. Yeah. It had to be that. Gotcha, that gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So... I went to install it and it still didn't fit. Like oh, barely shit. didn't clear. And I was just like, oh my God, dude, are you fucking kidding me? You know, I just dumped like, th this is already like a $1,200 flywheel. Yeah. You know? I still have it too. It's yeah. there at the shop. And I'm just like, oh my God, what am I going to do? So I said, you know what? I'm just going to buy a Type R flywheel and then I'll just see what I need to do to make that work. Mm -hmm. And already from the experience of, you know, messing with the HPD one, I was able to, to figure out what I needed to do on the type R one to, to make it fit. Mm -hmm. And once I got the type R flywheel all in there where it needed to be, I still didn't know if it was, if the car was even going to turn over. Mm. Uh, I don't know when I first started it, it was just kind of like, Oh shit. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and then when I pushed the clutch pedal for the first time, I was like, man, this feels so good. No. And then way. right as I released the clutch pedal, I was like, fuck, this is the way the car should have came really yeah and then we still didn't know if it would hold power either but i mean we have hundreds of them running out there now and wow yeah so it's uh the flywheel that you're selling that's the unique part it's the whole thing yeah i, I sell the whole thing the, okay. the whole clutch kit so, yeah, so it's, it's flywheel disc uh pressure plate alignment tool throw bearing and with your special sauce in yeah. there somewhere yep. so yeah. what does a kit like that run uh so right now it's 1500 bucks okay but that's a core kit so basically you buy that you install it in your car and then you pull the old flywheel off and you send it back to me and you get 250 back just the flywheel just the flywheel gotcha, yeah gotcha. because the the way we one of the reasons we need the flywheel back is because we need to uh cut the ring off so the ring is like welded on the stock flywheel the okay. ring that starts the car got you got yeah, you got so you. those currently we're we're so we're we're working with getting those okay yeah but um yeah for right now that's just that's the only way to to really do them so anybody that's making power with their their 10th gen should yeah. get this setup oh yeah if you still want your car to drive nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean if you don't if you don't mind a stiff pedal and you know yeah I, I think the younger crowd really doesn't mind but i don't know dude something happens after you're like 30 you're just like oh, i don't want to do that anymore oh yeah no definitely <laughs> too yeah i so, feel you uh that's crazy man that's yeah, all we that. just we just kept pushing the envelope we kept pushing the power and it, it kept holding and holding and we haven't i haven't had it slip it hasn't slipped so and you're 500 plus right 500 now. yeah wow that's awesome dude yeah so i was looking on the website earlier and this product is out of stock do you have a, a re-up coming anytime uh, soon or? yeah we should have some more in stock possibly next week got yeah, you. we just got our uh, a round of flywheels done and we're we're packing them up right now as we speak so, my guys over there packing them up and very cool yeah. dude so do you um 
do you have an issue with like supply and demand right now definitely a supply with the whole coronavirus there was a an issue with getting the the ctr flywheels and also the the flywheel bolts because we need the flywheel bolts to to also modify those oh really yeah they can't just be uh you can't just use your old ones you, you got to shorten them or what yeah we got to shorten them we got to like make sure they <laughs> they thread on you know because once you shorten them you know they don't have the same you know pitch to to thread in yeah yeah yeah, yeah. got you have you ever went to uh, arp to see if they can make you some custom bolts yeah i did <laughs> they wanted like a ten thousand bolt order or something really? like, that. like yeah it, but at the time i really didn't see myself selling too many of them uh-huh but i mean i guess now now you know probably it wouldn't be a bad idea yeah no yeah. definitely um yeah but i mean they're so cheap at the dealer mm. so i'd rather just you know see yeah if they ever increase in price crazy then yeah i'll have to go through a different avenue got you for that got you so uh what do you actually call this kit uh people just started calling it a ctr retro so that's what i call it <laughs> and is it by, by new age performance yeah by new age performance <laughs> sick dude man you have a you have a lot of a lot of great stuff going on yeah. bro seems like you're a pioneer in this community yeah that's awesome, man. Yeah. So, well, another thing that I was looking at on the website was the. Um, I wanted you to tell me more about the uh, like the the, the cl clutch, clutch master. Yeah, the clutch yeah. master cylinder. Yeah. So those uh, uh, ever since I think the RSX they started putting like delay valves in inside the the, the clutch master cylinder. Okay. And um, yeah, that all it really does is it just kind of like softens the pedal. Like I don't know why Honda does it. To be honest, it's still like the pedal's still super light anyway, mm -hmm. you know, even if that wasn't there. But what it does is it, it just, it, it has a delay with the clutch disengagement. And what that does is it creates lockout in the shifter, especially if you try to shift fast, mm. you know, trying to get through the gears quick. Yeah, it, it could create lockout and, and uh, damage the synchros. So you came up with a, a, a new solution? Yeah, so that happened in the 8th gen. I've been doing that since the 8th gen days. Okay. Yeah, we basically buy new units, mm -hmm. and we take them apart, clean them, um, and we we modify the inside of it so it's bypassed. Yeah. Yeah, so it looks stock on the outside, but it's it's modified entirely. Got you, got you. Yeah. Very cool, yeah, man. We, we offer them now for pretty much the Type R, SI, 10 gens, 9 gens, 8 gens got you yeah it's it's been a uh pretty big pretty big hit for the ctr guys because they have a lot of lockout issues mm -hmm. yeah so those those sell a lot got you yeah. you ever do any work with uh honda pro jason mm -mm. no no but i i met, I met him a few times i met him here yeah, yeah 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 got you yeah he's always doing something new mm -hmm. to his type r mm -hmm. yeah i see you got that new turbo oh really he, had a, he, he got some prototype turbo i think from mitsubishi huh yeah well, i didn't see that mm -hmm. yeah I, I like that car though and he's uh i've actually thought about getting a type r man just for like a yeah, daily you should it's a nice <laughs> car man yeah. it's uh it, it grew on me and especially with honda pro jason's car yeah. you know how he had it i just i kind of fell in love with that car mm -hmm. but um i don't know man I'm, I'm in love with this bmw too oh i know man <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah. I was a fucking monster, dude. I bet, man. I'm having a blast with it. <laughs> so much so that I just forgot about my other cars. I'm like, oh, they're just they're just there. 
I need to tap into my Honda roots again, yep, bro. For Definitely, sure. Definitely, man. So, uh, what do we have coming up for uh, from New Age Performance in the near future? I see you got the, uh, uh, the gear ha- set that you're doing. Yeah, we're we're still doing that, you know, installing stuff, uh, you know, especially that type of stuff like gear sets, yeah. engine builds. Uh, we're doing a fuel system for the SIs, for the uh, 1.5s. Okay. And uh, we're going to be coming out with uh, different clutch options as well because, I mean, eventually some of these guys are going to be making over 500. Yeah. You know, they might need something a little more a little more aggressive to, to hold that. How much do you think that that block can hold? Mm, I don't know. I mean... 500 right, is good right, right now. now. Right now, 500 is great. But yeah. Uh, there's, there's people making over 500. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the guys running tens. Do you ever think about going, uh, that next step, like doing something to the block, like sleeving it or Um, even like CSS? Yeah, I might sleeve it. Um, there, so the problem with those blocks is that they're, I think the bore spacing is like too close mm. so you can't really like overbore it got you got there's you, not got a you. lot of material in between and not only that but honda puts like a little channel for like coolant yeah so that like creates another even less room between the the cylinders so yeah i think sleeving is probably going to be like the best way if you want if you want it to hold power got you yeah so that's probably the next thing we're going to be doing yeah yeah, oh, yeah, either that or just uh doing a fk8 motor swap in it mm. yeah what does that setup run a lot of money <laughs> yeah i bet huh there's yeah. probably not that many at the junk yeah <laughs> i mean best bet you know honda didn't even make that many accord 2.0 six speeds that i mean that would have been if they made a lot of those that would have been like the ticket you know because mm-hmm. that has the same motor right same yeah similar motor you know similar trans yeah but much cheaper price i'm sure yeah 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 definitely so, i don't know that's all kind of up in the air around if maybe hasport if they make a a, a, a mount kit to put a an older case series in the car that'd be pretty awesome too really i was just gonna <laughs> say that dude i mean i've i've actually um i have one of those uh vein engines i uh-huh. actually have a bunch of them i have the vein engine stands and i had a k-series on there and one time when i had no engine in, in a tension chassis i just kind of rolled it in there just to see how it fit yeah and i was like fuck there's a lot of room in here really yeah <laughs> oh, <laughs> it looked good shit. in there too yeah so i was just like all right maybe maybe we'll do that dude that would be cool man <laughs> yeah hell yeah dude yeah well bro you uh you always have a lot of stuff coming out man and um you do a lot for the community. It doesn't seem like you realize it, bro, but you really do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I do what I can. I guess. Yeah. yeah, hell yeah, bro! Congratulations, man. That's awesome, dude. I wish you nothing but the best, bro. Thank you, man. Yeah. So, if anybody wants to get any work done from you, uh, or they want to just check out the parts that you offer, where can they check you out at? Um. Yeah, they could just hit me up on Instagram or email me. Do you have a um Instagram for the business, or is it just your personal? It's one? my personal one. Yeah, I should probably fix that later. But. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely got something, yeah. man, for sure. So what is your uh, what is your Instagram? It's uh, K20Z3AllMotor. Got you. Okay, yeah. sweet, dude. And if you guys ever want to check out the shop, it's uh, here in Ventura, California. Yep. 
Probably about five minutes from us here at Downstar. Yep. So make it make it a trip. <laughs> Sick, man. Well, E-Man, thank you for your time, bro. I really appreciate it, dude. Well, no I, I love to see people uh, pushing the, the envelope, man. And you're definitely doing that. Yep. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, big thank you to you. And uh, shout out to our sponsors, Heel Toe Automotive. Been around since 2002, supplying you guys with all your Honda parts. Make sure you guys check them out. And if you uh, listen to the commercial, you know how to get hooked up by them. So uh, go ahead and do that. And uh, also check out our newest sponsor, Rywire Motorsport Electronics. Uh, Rywire is your uh, number one source for all your wiring needs, man. They got you guys taken care of. So check them out at rywire.com or on Instagram at rywire underscore motorsport underscore electronics. And once again, this is Downtime with Downstar episode 195. And we out. Peace.